Okay, give someone a high five before you sit down. Great. Well, great day. I love Easter. Easter was the uh, time of the year when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the power of God. For the first time, baptized in the Spirit down at Waikanae at a camp, I had an encounter with God that changed my life. And I want just to speak on the power of resurrection this morning briefly. If you've got a Bible, it would be great if you could open it. I want to draw your attention to a couple of things that people don't notice or don't realize about Easter, what happened at the original uh, time when Jesus died and rose from the dead. So I want you to see, we're going to read a couple of things out of the Bible. I want to point out and highlight just a couple of powerful truths that can help us in our life. One of the things that uh, we understand is the Christian faith, the great hope we have is the resurrection. Uh, you know, so many, I don't know how people can live their life not being sure where they're going, what's going to happen the other side of death, what's going to happen after you die. I, I don't know how people can live like that without having the assurance that we have as believers and followers in Christ that there definitely is a resurrection. Death does not end at all. Let's have a look. And I want to look at two scriptures, one in Matthew 27, one in 28, and they describe what happened when Jesus died. We're not going to go to all of it. I just want to draw your attention to a couple of parts of it firstly about Jesus death and so in verse 50 Matthew 27 verse 50 and it said Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit then behold the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom the earthquake the rocks were split the graves were opened and many of the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the graves after his resurrection went into the holy city and appeared to many. And the centurion and those with them who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and what happened, they were terribly frightened, they were greatly afraid, said truly this is the Son of God. The first thing I want to describe, just to talk to you a little bit about Jesus' death. We understand, and you've seen, many have seen the film, The Passion, so you understand the, the horrors of how Jesus was put to death. But I want you to notice something about his actual death on the cross. The Bible says that he cried with a loud voice. In other words, he shouted out. Now, I've been with many people who died. You know what? One thing is common with all of them, apart from the fact they died, was this. They died very quietly. Very quietly. I've seen and been with many people and they died. And usually what happens is their voice gets very, very quiet because they have very little breath left and their voice gets very, very quiet. And then as they die, often the voice fades away completely. Then they just, there's often a rattle and they breathe their last breath. That's uh, many people that I've watched die and that has been how they died. It was very, very quiet. Sometimes it was so quiet you never heard a thing. Just suddenly you're aware that they had gone. But this is not so with Jesus. The Bible says, now, you ought to understand, he'd been whipped severely, scourged, the crown of thorns put on, nailed on the cross. He'd hung on the cross for three hours from uh, midday to 3 p.m. And right there, well, notice this, right there at the very time that the religious people who crucified him were offering up the lamb, the Passover lamb, to offer a sacrifice for the sins of the nation, which was done once a year in memory of the original Passover, right there at that very point when they were doing that, the Bible says Jesus shouted with a loud shout. In other words, he gave a mighty, victorious shout that he had won a great battle. He had won a great battle. 
It was a shout when Jesus died. Two things the Bible tells us. One, he shouted a shout of victory. And two, he let go his spirit. He let go. He gave up his life. It was never taken from him. He had power to do that, something you and I don't have. So it was a shout of victory. Why was it a shout of victory? Because Jesus knew something that no one else around there knew and all the demonic powers did not know. If they'd known, they would never have crucified him. He knew something they did not know. He knew that he was acting as a representative of all humanity. For centuries upon centuries upon centuries, thousands of years, people had been born, had lived and died. Born, lived, died. Generation after generation suffering the impact of the first man's sin. And no one could do anything to stop it. And when Jesus came, he came to represent what God is like, the love of God and the heart of God. And then when he died on the cross, he took with him to the cross our sins and failures. He also took to the cross the list of every fault and failure and sin that was listed against us. The Bible says in Colossians 2.14, it says, He took the handwriting, the list of every law of God that we ever broke. He took the list of everyone, everything you've done in your past, have done today, will do later today, will do in the future, everything wrong in the whole span of your life and the life of every other person. He took it all and nailed it to the cross. And the Bible says in Colossians 2.14, when Jesus took that list and put it on the cross, He disarmed every principality and power. He took from the devil His power to hold you in bondage. If you're in bondage, it's your choice that's causing it. If you're in bondage, it's your beliefs that's causing it. If you're in bondage, it's your habits that's causing it. It's not because God hasn't made a way for you. When Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says He disarmed. He took away from every demon the right, the power, the authority, the privilege, the ability to oppress you with sickness, disease, and torments. He disarmed them literally took away their power. And you and I have to understand that's why he shouted that great victory because he knew in a moment of time as he let go his life, he had represented humanity before God and now he'd offered the sacrifice of his life. The devil's power to hold everyone in bondage was now broken. So his shout was a shout of victory. Now, we know not only that, we know that when God has his hand on something, he demonstrates it usually with some form of power manifestation. I want you to notice the things that happen, distinct things that happen, because most of us understand the cross. We don't understand the things that happened around it. Notice the first thing that happened was that the earth shook. There was a massive earthquake the moment Jesus died. That was not a coincidence. That was God. Heaven was opening up. And God was saying, this sacrifice that Jesus has offered on behalf of all men is acceptable to me. And so we shook earth. Now, I don't know, if you've been out in Christchurch, you know what the earthquakes are like. But usually, when you get a fairly massive earthquake, when you get a massive earthquake, people freak out. They freak out. They start screaming, running, yelling. Now, this earthquake was strong enough to shatter rocks. It was big enough to shatter rocks. Now, it's got to be a sizable earthquake to cause rocks to shatter. So I want you to picture yourself there that Jesus, the Bible tells us there was a darkness over the land, an unusual darkness. There was no explanation for it. There was darkness over the land from 12 midday, the brightest time of the day normally. Darkness, total darkness right over the land from 12 to 3 p.m. 
And then the moment Jesus died, immediately as he gave this great shout of victory over the devil and all his works on behalf of man, God responded with a power demonstration from heaven. And three things happened. Number one, there was a massive earthquake. Sorry, four. Massive earthquake. Number two, it was so strong, rocks. Now, rock normally is considered to be pretty hard to split. The rocks around there are very, very hard rocks. They just shattered and broke. I understand that the remains of some of those rocks are there to this day. The third thing that happened was God took the temple veil and he literally tore it from top. Notice it says from top to bottom it was ripped open. Now the veil was a, was a very, very thick curtain that kept ordinary people out from the presence of God. And so in the temple, only a priest could go into the holy place once a year. And so at this time of the year, at this very time, the priest would have gone in there to that holy place to offer a sacrifice on behalf of the nation. And normally he would not be seen. No one would see. No one was allowed there. It was death to, be, to go there. And suddenly, it's ripped completely open. And what had never been seen before was seen. God was announcing to the world, by the death of my son, I've made it possible for every person to access me. Every person can have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ and what he did. Every person can access the presence of God. Every person can come personally to God. There's no need for someone to come on our behalf. The next thing you notice, and this is the unusual one, it tells us that the graves were opened now so when the earthquake came not only to shake the ground and broke the rocks it also opened up graves now, i don't really ever seen any open graves at all they're not very nice now these are people who would have been entombed and so there was a boulder over the over the tomb and the boulder was rolled away or split or whatever and the tomb was opened up or there were people who were in the ground and the ground just cracked open. Now, have you ever seen when there's been a major damage in an earthquake? They had a bit of it in, uh, in Christchurch uh, where some of the graves had broken open and the bones of people were actually visible. It's usually a shock and a horror when people see that kind of stuff. But this was widespread. Graves everywhere around that area opened up. And can you imagine what that's like? The, the fear that would have come upon people at that moment. Can you imagine the fear? Firstly, the earthquake. Secondly, rocks around, which are normally hard, shattering. And third, graves opening up, and you can see bodies. Now, they're not, they're not in good shape. Most of them would just be bones. They'll be decayed away, and there's just fragments of bones. And it's left open, just like that, all over the place, open graves. See, so often these are the things that we don't, we don't see, so, so we don't read these aspects around the, the crucifixion. Now, why is it that God did a thing like that? Firstly, the display of power is to demonstrate that he, his favor was on the offering that Jesus did. Second thing was, when he opened the grave, the Bible says when we sin, the wages of sin is death. The consequence of sin is separation from God, ultimately physical death. Now what's happened is, at the death of Jesus Christ, suddenly all the graves are open and God is putting on display, this is the consequence of sin. Horrible. No one wants to look at a grave. No one looks at their body. But they're open in front of everyone so everyone could see this is the consequence of sin. So Jesus declared he'd won a victory over the devil. Very soon he's going to demonstrate his power again and he's going to get a victory over death. So I want you to read with me just another passage now. So the first thing we see is Jesus died on the cross. He won a victory totally over the devil and made it possible for us to come near personally access God. 
Here's the second thing we see then. The graves open and the consequence of sin exposed. Now I want you to have a look at this and go into Matthew 28. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Now look at verse 2. Many of you perhaps read it and never noticed this. Behold, there was a great earthquake. Another earthquake. A second earthquake. So there were two earthquakes. There was an earthquake the moment Jesus died. God shook the ground like that, shook everyone up, and it was so scary that even toughened, hardened Roman soldiers were terrified. And this is the Son of God. It's definitely the Son of God. Now these guys have been campaign-hardened military men, and they were shaken to the core of their being with fear at what they saw and acknowledged this was truly the Son of God. They got saved right at that point. Now when you see something else happens, now here it is and we're back there. It's the third day. Jesus has been dead in the uh, grave for three days and it says there was a great earthquake. Now that's not just an earthquake. This time it's a, a great earthquake and the word that's used in the original language is mega. There was a mega quake. That's got to be pretty big, doesn't it? A mega quake. There was a massive, massive earthquake. And then it says, An angel Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it, and his countenance was shining. And the guards, again, terrified, and they shook like dead men and fell down. And the angel Lord said to the woman, Don't be afraid, I know who you seek. You seek Jesus who is crucified. He's not here, he's risen. I want to show you some things that happened. Number one, there's an earthquake. Number two, the stone rolled back. So this is supernatural. It's a huge boulder that was put in front and sealed with the Roman army seal and it was rolled back just immediately like that. Here's the third thing that happened. Jesus rose. Now he rose. His body was completely changed. Now I want you to see something else. Go back to where we were in verse 53, verse 52 of the previous chapter. The graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised from the dead. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, went into this holy city and appeared to many. Now, I want you to see what has happened now. Now, there's another massive great earthquake and something God is demonstrating that death no longer has victory. He showed, first of all, that the devil no longer has the power and the victory. Sin no longer has the power and the victory. But now he's demonstrating death no longer has victory and power. How do we know that? Because not only did Jesus rise from the dead, his body transformed completely, but also, notice this, many who were in the graves. That's bones of people who died through history. It probably, since it says many and not everyone, it means God selected out of those who were dead, those people who had honored him in their lifetime, and at that point when Jesus rose from the dead, they also arose. Now, if, you got if you, all that's left of you is dead bones, you have to have a resurrection body. So not only did Jesus rise from the dead, but a whole company of people arose from the dead. Now get this, they went into the city of Jerusalem and began to appear to people and talk with people. Now that is really freaky. That is really something else. Jesus is demonstrating for us that resurrection is not just about Jesus' resurrection from the dead. It's God's plan to raise all mankind out of this place of death, to free us from living afraid of the future, afraid of death, and to impart to us life. Here's the amazing thing. The Bible says in Romans 8:11, it says, Now the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead 
has come to live inside you. When you become a believer and a follower of Christ, He puts His Spirit inside you. The Holy Spirit of God is the Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that changed His body and made it a glorious body. It's the same Spirit that worked on those bones in the grave, reassembled them, put flesh on them, and they came to life, resurrected people, and went back into the city of Jerusalem to appear. After when Jesus ascended to heaven, no doubt they all ascended with Him into heaven. So, By this, God gives a powerful witness of these things. Number one, the devil is defeated. His power has been taken away. You don't need to live in fear or in bondage to any demonic spirit. Number two, sin has been answered for at the cross. We don't need to live in sin. We don't need to live in bondage. We don't need to live bound to any habit, any addiction, any kind of thing. And three, death has lost its power because if you are a believer in Christ, there's an absolute certainty of a resurrection just like those men had. For all of us, there is a life beyond the grave. The Bible is very, very clear. Life goes on after the point we call death. It goes on into another realm called the realm of the spirit. There is no need for any person to be afraid of death, to live in bondage to sin, or to live in demonic powers or bondage because Christ has won the victory. How do we make it ours? It's through your believing. It's through your believing. Now, in the Bible, to believe is not just to acknowledge something. In the Bible, when you believe, you believe with your heart, you speak it with your mouth, and you live it out with your life. So God invites every person who's lived in bondage to sin, bondage to demons, and in fear of death and what might lie beyond it, he invites every person to receive Christ as their Savior, to receive him into their life. And to those persons, Jesus said, who received him, he gave power to become a child of God. What happens? The Spirit of God comes in you. And the same mighty Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And it's that Spirit that will quicken your body. I believe if you walk with God, you have every reason to expect you'll be very healthy and very blessed. You'll live in the life of the Holy Ghost. I believe you'll live a great life. You live an overcoming life. You live a victorious life. When others are down, you don't go down. You bounce back very quick because the Spirit of God's in you. But see, the thing, the truth of resurrection is not just applying to physical death. It applies to death of every kind. So we have something happens in the family. We lose someone. We can bounce back from it because we have a hope in resurrection and the power of God to help us. We have the death of a dream, something we've invested our life in and it falls over and goes down. We don't need to go down with it because we have this resurrection power that can cause us to rise in our spirit again with confidence in God's ability to get us going again. Listen, what a great hope we have in Jesus Christ. What a great hope. So... I want you to read those verses again and start to think about what happened on those tremendous days when Jesus died on the cross and the earth shook and the graves opened and access was made to God. And then when Jesus rose from the dead, so also rose many people from the dead and Jesus Christ showed his total victory and total authority over everything. He says, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Now go and change the world. I want you just to close your eyes for a moment. I wonder, is there any person here today? And as you've come here to this Easter service and you perhaps wondered about life, wondered about just your future, perhaps there's areas you're struggling with and in bondage to fears or maybe there's areas of addictions or habits or things that are gripping your soul. It doesn't have to be that way. Jesus has made a way for you. Jesus has made a way for you. It's called faith, believing and trusting in him. 
You'll never know until you commit your life to Him how much He will change you and turn your life around. How much He will change you. God loves you deeply, passionately. He is willing to help you. But He requires a step from you, a step to walking with Him. And so today I wonder, is there any person here who's not a Christian yet? Christian is a person who's become a follower of Jesus Christ, starting to walk with Him and live life according to the life that Jesus gives him, according to the ways of Jesus. Wonderful life, a blessed life. So a Christian's not someone who just comes to church. That doesn't change you. It can help you, but it's only a decision consciously, day by day, to walk with God. That's what changes you. And it starts with inviting Jesus Christ to become your personal saviour. I wonder, is there anyone here today, right at that point, you'd like to become a Christian? You want to give your life to Jesus Christ? Today would be a great Easter to do that. When we celebrate Jesus rising from the dead, how wonderful if you too could spiritually arise and be changed. This is what I want you to do. Is any person here ready to receive Christ? Please raise your hand and just let me know. I want to become a Christian today. I want to give my life to Jesus. Is there any person here right at that place in your life ready to become a Christian, to give your life to Jesus? Would you raise your hand? Just let me know. Just raise your hand so I can see. God bless you. I see the hand there. Anyone else over there? God bless you. See the hand over there. God bless you. There, see the hand. Another one over there. God bless you, sir. Anyone else? Is there anyone else? There's four people so far. Is there anyone else here today? Make that decision to receive Jesus. Would you just raise your hand? Is there anyone else? Anyone else? I'm so pleased that people have made good choices. I wonder if there's anyone today and you're living with difficulties in your life, challenges in your life, perhaps failures in your life. But today you know that God was speaking to you that you don't have to live there, that you can arise above it through just simple repentance and reaching out and beginning to walk with Him again. If you know God was speaking to you that way, would you raise your hand and say, God's wanting me to have a fresh start this Easter. God bless, God bless, God bless. God bless many people wanting a fresh start this Easter. It's wonderful to do that because Easter we celebrate in the beginning. It'd be great to do that. Start again. Start afresh. Let God give you a fresh start. This is what we're going to do in a moment. The musicians just pray quietly. And what I'm going to ask for everyone to stand up and each of the people that put their hands up, would you like to make your way down to the front and make a row just facing me? I'd love to pray with you and bless you and lead you in a simple prayer to receive Jesus. It'll only take a couple of moments, a couple of minutes perhaps to do this. But it's a step. It's a step of faith. So you've made the decision in your heart. Now you just put action to it. It's quite a difficult thing to do that. But I know when you do that, God also responds to you. So let's just rise together, shall we? And, and uh, those people who put their hands up, I'd like you to make your way to the front. Just stand here in front of me. Church, let's give them a clap, shall we? One, two, three. Different ones who put their hands up. If you came with someone, they're very... Please bring them up. That's right. Bring them up. Bring them up to the front. Come on, let's give them a clap. Church, let's give them a clap. No, no. It's first things first. God bless. God bless you, sir. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. Hello there. God bless you. How are you? Praise the Lord. Hi. How are you? Fantastic. Come on then, dear. That's why I've got anyone else. It's not too late for anyone else. God bless you. So glad you came. God bless. I'm so glad you've come. God loves you. Just come here. It's okay. Just come and stand there. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Just close your eyes now. This is a great decision you're making. It's a decision just to acknowledge that your life is going bad. It's a decision to acknowledge Jesus Christ 
died on the cross for my sins. And he wants to change me. He wants to help me. He loves me. You know, there's greater love than no one can show than they lay their life down. And Jesus loves you. So no matter what you've done, no matter what you're ashamed of, no matter where you've come from, no matter what your past, I can assure you he loves you unconditionally and he accepts you. You don't have to do anything really except just to believe in his love and what he's done for you. So what we'll do is we're going to lead you in a prayer. Prayer is just talking to God. And as you talk to God, listen to the words I pray and make them your words. Speak them to God and he will hear you. Church, I'd like you to help all of these ones that have come forward. I'd like you to help. I'd like you also to just follow me in the sinner's prayer. So let's pray together now. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins and to rise again from the dead. Lord, I have sinned. I've gone my own way. But today I turn to you. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. Please forgive all of my sins and failures and give me a fresh start. I receive your Spirit into my heart. I receive you as my Savior. And I give you my life today. Before heaven and earth I declare, Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord and my friend forever. Amen. Just keep your eyes closed a moment. Let the peace of God just come upon your heart. Thank you, Lord, you love her. Pour your anointing, your love into her heart. Take away the sorrow. Touch her today with your love. You've carried a lot of burdens in your life. You've suffered much at the hands of people. God understands your pain. He, he will help you. He loves you. He wants you to know you're not alone. That's what you've wrestled with so many years, that I'm alone. There's no one really to care for me, to watch over me. And people just seem to keep hurting me. The Lord wants you to know he'll never hurt you. He loves you deeply. Thank you, Lord. And I just pray for this young woman too. Lord, pour out your love and your anointing. Bless her. Well, the Lord shows me that life has been a very big struggle for you. You've had to struggle, had to fight, had to battle. Lots of challenges. God wants to take the struggle out of your heart and for you to experience a peace. Peace of God is not external, it's internal. You just know it in your heart. That's your Lord. Father, bless this young man today. I thank you for him, Lord. He comes from another land. Lord, touch him today. Help him to know that you love him and will help him. Father, I pray your blessing to come upon his life today. Father, in Jesus' name, I stand against each and every one of the generational curses of the tormenting spirits that have come against you. I break their power over your life today. Loose them today in Jesus' name. Father, touch this young woman. Father, I thank you that you love her and the relationship you have with her, you'll never breach it. The Lord shows me you've struggled with pain in your own life because of relationships. God wants you to know he loves you. He will never break covenant with you. He'll never betray you as others have. But he will be faithful to you. He loves you and deeply cares about you. Lord, just touch this young woman here. Well, the Lord shows me you've been quite lost. You've been really lost for direction in your life. 
going here, going there, so many things. And I see you at times when you're alone and there's just huge regret over your life. And God wants you to know you don't need to regret anymore. He's taken away the shame of the past. Things that were done, things that were done to you, things that were done by you. The Lord wants to lift all of that burden off you so you have a fresh start. He wants you to know you're beautiful in his eyes. He loves you deeply. Lord, touch this dear woman today. Father, I thank you. You've carried a heavy yoke of like guilt and shame over you as though someone has blamed you for things. But God wants you to know you're not to blame. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. He wants you to know he holds no blame against you. He loves you and accepts you and embraces you. Touch your Lord. Well, thank you, Lord, for each one here today. Father, just pray blessing for my brother today that you would touch him and help him. Do a fresh start. Father, today, we just break all the strife and conflict from his life and release peace to face new things ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, come on, let's give the, this, this one just a wonderful clap today. Welcome to God's family. What's your name? Jocelyn and Carly and April. What's your name? Hey, God bless you. Awesome to have you here with us today. God bless you. What's your name? Liz. Liz. I'm so glad you responded today. Wonderful. And what's your name, dear? Karen. God bless you. Where are you from? Cape Town. That's right. We met before. That's right. Cape Town. Yeah. Hey, you come all the way from Cape Town to receive Jesus here. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that wonderful? God bless you. Bless her, Lord. Amen. And your name is? Yeah. Yeah. God bless you. Great to have you here. God's touching you, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> the weight's falling off. That's a good thing, isn't it, eh? <laughs> Come on, church. Let's celebrate.